Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is eight minutes after the hour, and uh, boy, we got a full boat this morning. Uh, State Representative Chuck Basie, Second Amendment supporter, on board with us this morning. Chuck, welcome. How are you? Good morning, Gary. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Hey, listen, uh, uh, I would love to see a guy like you get reelected, and I'd love to contribute. It'd be more fun if maybe you had an auction going on somewhere. Well, I I do. Um, Isn't that amazing how I threw that curveball at you? (laughs) And you caught it. (laughs) Got a big fundraiser coming up on August 29th in Harrisburg. This kind of sounds like a PSA to me, Gary. Should we run the, should we run this through the sales department? Yeah, we plan? need to probably check with sales to make sure that it doesn't qualify as an ad because, you know, we can't let that go out. The information, like, contained within gets out on the air. People might come, and we wouldn't oh. make any money from that. So That would be taking yeah, money right no. off the table of the sales department. Right, but, yeah. So Because if they did, if, if Chuck came to me and said, could you make an ad... I would say something like August 29th, 5.30 until 8 p.m. at the Harrisburg Lions Club on uh, East Sexton Road in Harrisburg. $50 suggested donation. Uh, They're going to have dinner by gourmet chef Jeff uh, that they're going to auction off a Smith & Wesson M&P 15 in 5.56 with Trump American flag engraving, handmade knife by O.J. Stone, one of a kind, uh, Trump-themed gift basket, uh, CMMG Resolute 200 MK4556 in OD Green, one of the door prizes. Another one would be a Remington Model 7 Predator Bolt Action 243 Winchester in camouflage. I'd even mention the Thomas Center Compass Bolt Action 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah, all that information would be in the ad. If it would we, be in uh, the ad. Yeah, but unfortunately, we're not going to be able to broadcast any of that. And okay. that would... That would end up being about a 60-second ad. That would yeah. cost. The sales department would be thrilled with us. Chuck, right. I'm sorry. I can't mention this yeah, uh, sorry, Chuck. This event on August 29th at the Harrisburg Lions Club. Okay. Well, that, I understand. But I do have my credit card with me. And <laughs> <laughs> also on board, Dale Roberts, president of the CPOA. Dale, welcome. How are you this morning? I'm well for my age. How are you? <laughs> uh, well, I'm not doing too badly. Uh, also on board with us this morning, Scott Van Kirk, firearms trainer, former law enforcement, sitting in the big seat this morning. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing just fine, buddy. How are you? I'm doing very well. And then Garson is in from Graphs, graphs.com. Uh, they're in Mexico, Missouri. Garson, I understand you brought something in, uh, but it, I just want to make sure you don't hand it to Scott Van Kirk. Because you'll hear click, click, clack, and the next thing you know, there'll be springs all over the countertop. The <laughs> firearm will be completely disassembled, and he'll be looking at it piece by piece. Yeah, guten Morgen, Herr Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Sounds like you brought a German Luger, but I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, no, 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 even better, and it's already been in my hand. So. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's already been in his hands. Is it still in one piece? <laughs> How long going to take him to disassemble that bad boy? It's still a, it's still in one piece for now. It's still in one piece for now. Well, keep your hands, you know, keep keep his hands off it. Otherwise, uh, you never know what's going to happen. Listen, there is a story about a guy named Austin Tong. He is a college student at Fordham University. And he had the hubris to post a couple of pictures um, on his uh, social media site. Uh, here, in his own words, is is what happened to him. Uh, and we're going to have to unpack this because there's a lot of information in this. But here in his own words is what, what's happened to him. My name is Austin Tong. I'm a senior at Fordham University. And a month ago, I posted two photos on Instagram. 
leading to an explosion of outrage I never could have predicted. The first was a picture to remember the life of St. Louis Police Captain David Dorn, since many in the outrage mob and mainstream media ignored his brutal death. The other was a photo of me holding my brand new AR-15. I bought it because of everything happening in our country right now. A pandemic, police being afraid to do their job, looting, and people who look like me, Chinese Americans, being targeted more frequently. I immigrated to this free country when I was six years old and posted this photo on June 4th, the 31st anniversary of the 1989 Chinese democracy movement. Those innocent students were forever disarmed and never experienced freedom. Here in America, we have our right to keep and bear arms. This is what keeps America free. What happened next was shocking. Hundreds of activists from my college flooded the comments section of my post, saying things like, die and snap your neck. The outrage mob found their next target, a law-abiding Chinese American who simply wanted to defend himself. People I was once good friends with attacked me and blocked me on social media. While other All right, everybody is here. Me out. Ultimately, Fordham University went me and sent safety officers to my door at midnight to interrogate me all over a simple picture of a lawfully owned gun, which they deemed to be an automatic weapon. An extensive hearing with the dean days later, I was charged with making threats, intimidation, a hate crime, and disorderly conduct. But it doesn't just stop there. They have given me a list of things I have to do just to be able to finish my degree online. It includes writing a letter of apology for hurting the community, the completion of activities related to learning about implicit bias, and multicultural sensitivity training with the director of multicultural affairs. But even if I complete all of those things, I'm still banned from stepping foot on campus. You might be thinking my story is crazy and wondering why you haven't heard about it. It's because the mainstream media has completely ignored it. My college claims to stand with free speech, but the second I presented a view they disagree with, they put in a plan to brainwash me into their ideology and threaten me if I didn't comply. To that, I say that is what they do to people in dictatorships I refuse to fall into that trap. You see, the Second Amendment was put in place to stop a tyrannical government from oppressing its people, so free people can protect themselves against crime and violence. If you think I'm just going to give up my rights because the mob is offended, you're sadly mistaken. My story should be a wake-up call to everyone in this country. Colleges are becoming Marxist indoctrination centers that can't even tolerate seeing an imposing point of view and if we don't start standing up for our rights, we can kiss this country and what makes it so great. Goodbye. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but first thought was how perspicacious this kid is. He recognizes that uh, college campuses have become uh, Marxist indoctrination uh, uh, centers. Uh, and I'm, I'm also impressed uh, at his knowledge uh, and support of the Second Amendment. He was born in China, came here at the age of six. Um, and what happened to him is 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 it's just amazing. Uh, they literally came to his house in the middle of the night to interrogate him. Uh, when all he did was post those two photos online. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with uh, the attorney slash judge slash head of the CPOA, Dale Roberts. Dale, my my question is. Um, 
what does this have to do with multicultural training? You mean what? Why would Ford? Why, yeah, why would they make him take these multicultural uh, training sessions for posting those photographs? What What about those photographs relates to multiculturalism or an attack on minorities? Well, he had a gun, which is just forbidden in the state of New York and forbidden on any college campus. My God, um, you know, the other nine of the Bill of Rights are just fine, but we can't have that second one. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. And, and I love, you know, the fact he highlights in the post that, you know, one of Fordham's uh, rules uh, prohibits behavior which... Uh, prevents or limits the free expression of ideas of others, but <laughs> but that evidently does not apply to him. So yeah, this it's just another insane. You know, the world's gone crazy. Insane example of you know thought control. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, an irony. His story is an irony. It's it's. And, and, you know, not just the Second Amendment that's attacked here. It's freedom of speech, well, it, Garson. Exactly. Oh, sorry. That's all right. It, it's freedom of speech, Garson, isn't it? I mean, um, it, it's okay if he says things they like, but if he, you know, communicates a message about self-defense in the Second Amendment, well, <laughs> holy moly, we can't let him talk. Yeah, maybe since they thought he was Chinese, they could treat him like he was back in China. Um, that That entire speech he gave just infuriates me that this is happening here in this country and yeah. that you know there's immigrants that get what's going on here whereas there's people that are born and raised here that this passes right over their head because of you know a, a let's make everything fair view on the world that just doesn't exist uh, it, I'm just <clears throat> so perplexed at how people can believe this stuff and can I tag on that? I, two two examples. Very dear friend of mine uh, came to America about four years ago from Iran. Absolutely wonderful individual. He and his family have reminded me repeatedly of how what, the wonderful things about America and and all the things we enjoy here. And when he tells me about Iran and and talks about America. It's an eye opener. Another good friend of mine, Alan Gura, born in Israel, raised in I think pretty much raised in California. You know, both of these individuals love the Second Amendment, enjoy the shooting sports, and it, it's it's interesting how someone from another country can really open your eyes as to what so many Americans take for granted, just as as Garson said. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free number 800-529-5572. Uh, very quickly, uh, we'll grab a phone call or two, then we'll come back and chat with you guys. Mike, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you? Good morning, fellas. How you all doing? Doing well, thank you. Hey, quick question on the Second Amendment thing. Uh, I'm, I'm a vet, and I know some vets, and I know some cops. And if they, I'm, I'm thinking of a logical or a likely conclusion of gun confiscation. And, and all of us said we'd rather be fired or court-martialed before we'd go to our neighbor's house and take their guns. Who, who do you think they would exactly send out to do this? You know, the stragglers, you know, taking over cities or senators? Or, I, I can't see. I mean, how much would they have to pay you to go door to door? Oh, no, no. You think I'm going to go <laughs> knock on a gun owner's door and say, give me your guns? No, no, no. I'm not tired of living. Hey, <laughs> don't don't forget that earlier in this year, the United Nations was hiring 
disarmament, demobilization, and reintegration officers in New York. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, they, they better have a lot of Kevlar. That's all I can tell you. And, and well, all right. Thank you, Mike. Glad to have you on uh, Carry on Guns. Uh, Chuck? Chuck? Yes, uh, you know, it, it seems um, if they're going to defund the police, they really won't have anybody that could go seize those weapons. Right. And it's uh, if you just look at the list of bills that my House colleagues have filed uh, going into the special session, um, they're back at it again, the Democrats. A bunch of gun-grabbing bills and making high-capacity magazines illegal and... You just go on down the list, and uh, they're going to keep trying. And So where do they live so we can go protest at their houses in their gated communities? <laughs> Good <point. laughs> Oh, this is, under, this is just uh, amazing, the attitude on campuses. All right, we're going to come back here in just a few minutes and chat with Scott Van Kirk, Dale Roberts, State Representative Chuck Basie. Carson is in from Graffs. It's Gary on Guns on Hot Talk, 93.9 The Eagle. It is 25 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Garson Chen is in from Graffs. Uh, State Representative Chuck Basie on board. Dale Roberts, the president of the CPOA. And Scott Van Kirk, a firearms trainer and former law enforcement. And, Scott, there was a letter uh, that was written uh, by a, a board member of the National Rifle Association. And uh, in it, he says, wake up, America. Do, do you get it? Do you understand what the gun ban proponents are trying to do? They want to ban your guns and abolish police. He goes on to say, why? Because then we can't defend ourselves, our families, our communities, and our nation against the enemies of freedom. Who are the enemies of freedom? Who are, who are we so afraid of that we need our guns? <laughs> Long list. <laughs> well, it's I can sure set you guys up, boy. Oh, well, I mean, off the air we were we were talking about uh uh a whole laundry list of things that have gone on and everything else like that and, and my comment to Chuck was is yeah, that was something that happened like 2 or 3 years ago or or in January. I can't I can't recall because there's just been this huge pylon and we continue with this um this this avalanche effect. I don't know where to start with the defund police movement. I don't know where to start with the gun control. I it's we are getting hit from all sides and to I don't have any simple answers. Okay. Well, is there do you think there's a master plan to disarm us and I I think I'm of two minds on the whole thing. One, I think there's always been a master plan to disarm the citizenry of the uh uh, of the United States, okay, whether that is, um, and I think that falls within two camps. I think the larger camp is it's for our own good, and then the, the, the smaller camp is, is it's far more nefarious. It doesn't matter, okay, because the end result is the same. Um, so the, the, the true motivations behind it don't matter as much to me as the end result that they're moving towards. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Of course it does. Uh, Dale Roberts, of course, uh, Columbia uh, Police Officers Association. Dale, uh, what's the uh, you know mentality, uh, the, not the mentality, but the, uh, the atmosphere with uh, the Columbia Police Department? Are, they, are these guys concerned about the defund push, or did they feel pretty confident things are going to be okay? Well, you know, the folks I've spoken to, they're... I think their greatest concern is 
they perceive they have a lack of support from some members of city council and 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 you know ideas like we you know from now on and you and i have talked about this i think on the air in the past you know the idea that it, from now on if there's a domestic call we will not send an armed individual an armed officer we will send um, you know perhaps a newly hired mental health individual and the officers are genuinely genuinely concerned about the safety and welfare of that person who's going to get sent to the door of the most dangerous call they ever take and scott knows that as well and and uh you know they don't necessarily fear that defund is actually going to happen but there's some you know discussion with the columbia city council let's take some money from the department and use it for other things because, because the columbia police department is so overfunded exactly. and, and overstaffed let's yeah. face it <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly and overtrained yeah. right right yeah. that's another one and, and and that's yes they you know there have been there were cutbacks in training in the past chief jones is trying to bolster that back up again you know, we lost a lot of officers under the previous chief. I can't remember his name. Um, but, uh, you know, I counted up a couple of days ago out of out of our entire officer, you know, anybody below sergeant, out of all the officers, over 20% of them have been there less than two years. And, and those are good people, you know, well-educated people in terms of, you know, many of them went to LETI. But, but Scott knows and the average citizen would assume you know, it takes a while to become a streetwise officer. Three to five years. Yeah. So it, we've got some, a lot of new people at the department. So, so yeah, the officers, you know, they dealt with uh, COVID. They dealt with the protesters. They dealt with the rioters. They're, they're you know, dealing with well, the... I, I, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there because uh, I know that a lot of uh, national and local uh, police uh, representatives... Uh, organizations are endorsing Donald Trump. Uh, many of them have never done anything like that before. Many of them uh, endorsed uh, Democrats before. Uh, but this uh, push by the left to defund law enforcement is having a ripple effect. You're listening to Gary on Guns, Hot Talk, 93.9 The Eagle. Hey, welcome. It is 35 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Carson is in from Graf's. State Representative Chuck Basie on board with us this morning, as is Dale Roberts. He is the uh, president of the CPOA and former law enforcement uh, uh, and uh, firearms trainer Scott Van Kirk uh, sitting in with us. Dale, uh, I got speaking of Trump, uh, I have not seen, but I have heard about uh, a sign and flags outside Creekside. What, what's going on? Yes, sir. So Creekside Pet Center, just south of Columbia on Highway 63. Great place. I take my dogs there. Uh, CPD takes their canines there. And the owner put up a big Trump sign in the yard. And as one might expect, someone came along and tore it down and stole it. So, yes, I, I did see this. Yeah, go ahead. So go ahead. he put up another sign. And I don't know what it is. You know, four by six, five by eight, whatever. Put up another big sign. This time he had someone weld a metal frame for it with a bar across the middle. So you can't remove the sign unless you cut it into pieces. Sunk it, I think, in cement. Surrounded it with six-foot-tall wire fence. May have barbed wire at the top. And then, just because they, you know engaged his ire put six american flags on top of it so next the vandals come and from the edge of the fence squirt some flammable liquid onto the flags and set them on fire 
And he, oh, and and Jacob had also put up a camera to see what's going on. So he's got video of that. And so in response to what happened, and I think one of the news stations picked up that and ran the video. Uh, Representative Sarah Walsh went out and gave him an, yet another Trump sign and more flags. And it seems to be a you know an ongoing contest now between the Vandals and Jacob's right to free speech on his private property. You know, you don't see a lot of conservatives doing that, going to that extreme, or going to that extent. Uh, you got to wonder why, you know, why would you burn the American flag? Do, it, it, do you think people actually hate the country, Chuck? I. Uh, it seems that way. It, uh, you know, the last couple of um, cycles that I've ran in, it, uh, it appears that I'm not pointing my finger at any particular candidate, but it, it seems that, the, especially in Colombia, that there are people that are so angry at our country and that don't like anything about it except maybe labor unions. And um, it, it's, it's troubling to me that uh, I think we've got a great country. Uh, you know, we, there's always room to improve, but um, no matter what you're doing, but I don't understand the anger towards what we have available in our country. Life is so good here, they've got to be mad nothing about it. A, nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> when, you know, when you don't have to worry about, um, in the broader scheme, getting enough to eat and where you live. and The, the misspelling of your name on your Starbucks. The misspelling of the name. Coffee of infuriates you. Right. There's, it's becomes, and, it, and it's within a certain, um, and not to go off into some, you know, go off into the weeds and do the weekday show here, but there's a, there's a class, and I call them I call them the privileged liberal class, because to be honest with you, they tend to be more privileged than the rest of us. And when they no longer have to be concerned about any of those things, up to and including who's paying for their college education and everything else like that, eh, you got to find something to to complain about. You got to find something that just isn't right. You have to have that cause du jour. Yeah, I think I think they feel guilty. About oh, I think there's some. I think there's definitely some privileged guilt there. Yeah, I, the, I, I think that's. Go ahead, Garson. No, no, oh, Dale. Dale. I was going to yeah. say, you know, one potential solution to that. I read a a column in this morning's Missourian that, based in a nutshell, said, you know, those of us who enjoy white privilege should individually make reparations, and that they calculate the author of this art uh, this column or article said our our white privilege is equivalent to about 40 percent of our worth and so we should take 40 percent of our worth and use that to make reparations so anybody <laughs> those of you out there who are protesting and feel guilty knock lead, lead by example please all right well i work in, <laughs> I work in radio so he's going to get about 40 cents uh, right. you know so but, who yeah. do i get my chinese reparations for <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You don't qualify. To, to Chinese think. people do very we well. Sent the, we sent the flying tigers over. World War II, you're good. <laughs> All those railroad barons blew up my people in mining operations to build tunnels. I want, I want a payday for that because oh, that didn't happen to the me. Ra the railroad. Yeah. yeah there you I, go. That didn't happen to me, but I'm there mad about it, so I want money, too. <laughs> Yeah, but we all hate the Chinese, Garson, because y'all are yeah. so successful. You make good money. That's, you get good grades. The only yeah. ones who aren't getting reparations are the Irish. The Blazing Saddles reference. <laughs> well, don't talk about Blazing Saddles. Well played. They'll ban that. They'll cancel, yeah. they'll cancel culture Blazing Saddles. Yeah, they probably will. But we do have Irish whiskey, and that's enough to placate all you Irishmen. Uh, let me go to the phones here. Chris, wait, yeah, that's going to get me in trouble. Chris, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Well, as always, while on hold, you said something that struck a nerve. 
the whole white privilege thing, my brother sent me a interesting little meme the other day that shows like a little three-year-old girl, actually two th- little three-year-old girls. And the first one says, you know, asking this little girl to apologize for slavery is like asking this little Japanese girl to apologize for Pearl Harbor. And, you know, yeah. it pretty well says it all, doesn't it? It happened long before you were born, and it just doesn't matter to you. Uh, the sign deal out here with the vandalism, I know where that sign was. I was noticing it a week or so ago. They painted it up. Uh, I find it interesting, these people, that they they live in some sort of, uh, you know, utopian world where they can't stand to see anything they don't agree with. And it reminds me of there's a guy that's got an organization up around uh, – I was remember it's Champagne or what up there in Illinois that puts up the kind of like the old Burma shave signs, but they're all about uh, gun rights. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Except they're around where like 57, 55, and 74 go across. And he's had a battle for, I don't even know anymore, probably 30 years. There's colleges up there, and they come out in the middle of the night and just destroy those signs, and they're all way out in the middle of nowhere on the highway. And he got to where he just kept building them heavier and heavier. They finally got where they were actually putting the letters on metal, and they would come peel the metal off the signs. They just can't stand to see anything they don't agree with. And it's just amazing to to watch them just, they're like little ants, you know. They just keep working at it. I don't get it. Yeah, that's more than just the Second Amendment there. There goes freedom of speech. All right, Chris, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on uh, Gary on Guns. Let me give you a tip. If you're experiencing a problem like this and you go to the extreme of putting cameras uh, on the front yard, here's what you need to really do. You need to put cameras either if you have a tree lawn and a tree uh, pointing up and down the street or if you've got uh, neighbors who are in your corner you put uh, cameras uh, in front of their homes because if they show up in a mask and cover it up, you're not going to see anything. But if you got a view of the street up and down, you might catch a license number or a car make and model, and it might make it a little bit easier to identify who it is that's uh, that's attacking your your private property. Uh, and today's technology, you can get a wireless camera and tack it up in a tree somewhere, and nobody will see it. Well, I mean, you don't even have to go wireless, Gary. I mean, you could honestly, depending on what kind of neighborhood you live in, you could uh, uh, get yourself a game camera, which are designed to primarily take pictures at night of of game, and then you just have to go and uh, download the SD card on it. Yeah, they that. stand alone. Yeah, they just stand alone on themselves and, and um, run for a significant amount of time on, on you know, four or eight AA batteries, and you can put a, you can put, uh, SD card that'll hold, you know, 128 gigs or whatever, and I forget how many, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of pictures those are and things like Thousands. that. Thousands. Yeah. <laughs> Depending yeah. on the resolution, yeah. So they get out of their car and they cover their faces mm-hmm. uh, expecting that you won't know who they are, but you'll have the video of them and their car, and that'll make it a lot easier to identify them. Just an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that I think makes sense. Um, an interesting uh, observation about the Supreme Court uh, came to mind uh, this week. I'll explain what it is, but it deals with uh, Roberts uh, on, the, on the courts in the Second Amendment. He's become the new uh, Kennedy, the new swing vote. We'll talk about that next and Gary on Guns, Hot Talk, 93.9 The Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. And uh, we've got Scott Van Kirk on board with us this morning. He's a firearms trainer, and he is a fo- his former law enforcement. Dale Roberts is on board. He's president of the Columbia Police Officers Association, the CPOA. 
State Representative Chuck Basie is with us, and of course, Garson is in from graphs.com. Guys, there is a, a story in the news here. We've seen a couple of cases, uh, firearms Second Amendment cases, hit the Supreme Court and get rejected, return to the lower courts. And it turns out there is a reason for that. The conservative wing of the Supreme Court apparently has declined to take these cases up uh, because they're afraid of Chief Justice John Roberts. Uh, he apparently has indicated that he would vote with the court's liberal justices. So let me go to uh, uh, an officer of the court and start with Dale Roberts. Uh, Dale, I find this somewhat disturbing um, that it, not just because philosophically I thought that Roberts was going to be a constitutionalist, but that he is so willingly vacillating back and forth to protect what he, I guess, sees as uh, history's writing of the court under his tenure. Um, it seems more important to him that that history reports the court under him, that, that it was, you know, unbiased, didn't lean left or right. Uh, it doesn't seem to me the way the, a justice should make a decision. You're you're absolutely right. And first of all, as an aside, I, I should note, I'm not the president of CPOA. I'm the executive director. Executive. So, I'm so sorry. It's okay. But I mean, if any members are listening, I don't want them to think there's been a coup. And <laughs> and also that, you know, the the opinions expressed here, not necessarily those blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. You know, a judge, a justice, anybody in a, in a judicial or quasi-judicial position should never, really should never you know, express an, an opinion on something like that, you're supposed to listen to the facts and read the law and make your decision based on that. And, you know, I'll just tell you, uh, 20 years ago, there were plenty of times when we would talk among ourselves and say, I had to hold my nose when I signed that order. You know, I didn't like it, but those are the facts and that's the law. And what I like just doesn't matter. And for someone to say in advance, if I hear a case on the Second Amendment, or to allude even, you know, if I hear a case involving the Second Amendment, I'm going to go south, is just wrong. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. So what you're saying is we could actually replace all these judges with well-designed flowcharts? <laughs> oh, boy. If there only. goes. That's, yes. Uh, here we go. Here we hear from the Missouri Bar Association. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to jump in here. I I don't find it all that surprising from Roberts. I think Roberts really showed his true colors way back when, during the uh, Obamacare decision. Um, you know, and I, I'm not at the, in the least bit surprised that he decided that he's going to be that soft left um, swing vote, as you referred to uh, to Kennedy. I I think that's um, on controversial issues. I think that you can depend on Roberts to vote with the liberal side of the court. And I think that's probably going to go, to be honest with you, it's going to go on from now on, but I think it's probably been, it's been going on for quite a while. In June, they rejected petitions from 10 challenges that related to state restrictions on firearms uh, after Roberts signaled that he would right. not vote with them, the, the conservative wing. And so that makes uh, the state legislature's uh, incredibly invaluable in protecting your Second Amendment rights. And, and for this, I, I think we go to Chuck, <clears throat> State Representative Chuck Basie, who's on board. If 
if the Supreme Court, and, and I guess that really goes to the importance of this next election, if uh, 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 Joe Biden gets in, and we're going to go over some of his plans in a few minutes, but if Joe Biden gets in uh, and replaces uh, Ginsburg with another progressive socialist, then uh, whatever the state legislature decides they want to ban is going to is going to hold up uh and a decision like that could last forever so that's you know if people wonder why i'm supporting you for instance in your reelection bid it's because uh, i don't want somebody taking your place that's anti-gun right and there's uh you know every year i've been in there there's been a, a whole slew of bills filed that attack our second amendment rights and uh, it Ironically, they they are always going after the law-abiding legal gun owners uh, all the time, and ignore all the other stuff going on in our society. So, and there are some right now that are uh, the left have uh, tried to get in into the special session. Is that right? Oh yeah, they filed quite a few of them on the House side. I'm sure the Senate did too. But I uh, I brought the House list with me, and there's about I don't know 25 bills filed, and about seven or eight of them are anti-Second Amendment bills. So, Well, if I'm not mistaken, this special session is to deal with crime um, in the major urban areas. Well, it, literally across the state, but it seems to be happening in the major urban areas like St. Louis and Kansas City, etc. So I would think that there ought to be some pro-gun uh, legislation that's being introduced for this special session or that, that was being brought up. Because yeah, and there is, uh, but, you know, the... The bill that's going to be heard is uh, just just one. Um, you know, there's a possibility that some of these could be offered as amendments on uh, the legislation that's moving, but I uh, I would doubt that any of them make it because it's not part of the governor's call. So uh, anyway, I, I doubt anything is going to happen in that regard. That's why I wish you'd bought some ad time so we could talk about your uh, your gun auction fundraiser. Uh, Gary, which have... which gun auction fundraiser are you talking about? Are you talking about that one up in Harrisburg on the 29th of August at the Harrisburg Lions Club? Is that the one you're referring to? Yeah. That uh, one from 530 to 8? That's the one, Scott. God, that's... I wish we could talk about that. Yeah, it would be nice. You know, you make a $50 donation, and that's just a suggestion. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you could have dinner uh, that's... Uh, prepared by uh, chef uh, jeff i mean that would be terrific it really it really would i wish that uh, chuck had been a little more forward thinking on that and maybe booked a little bit of ad time for something like that so Who, we could talk about that it for uh, it's for uh, for representative chuck basie have you met have you heard of him he i hear he's see, a, i've he seen some of his signs the most staunch <clears throat> supporter of the second amendment he, in the missouri legislature he is and, I, and you really wish you could talk about um you know more about that and more about this upcoming event on august 29th from 8 uh, 5 30 to 8 p.m at yep. harrisburg lions club but we sadly can't do that because chuck was so parsimonious he didn't buy any ads <laughs> I, I wish i could mention the fact that we're auctioning off this beautiful uh, Smith and Wesson M and P fifteen. It's got Trump uh, stuff engraved all over it. The magazine looks like an American flag, and uh, I also got some excellent door prizes. But I probably can't mention the fact that one of them is another AR fifteen by CMMG. Very nice weapon, and two other rifles that will be uh, given away to somebody that uh, wins the drawing. So very nice. Sorry, weapons. it would have been a great event. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, cheapskate, <laughs> but we can't help you. Buy ads next time. <laughs> Geez, some of these legislators. I hope you're that parsimonious with my money when you're, uh, you know, legislating other things. Yeah, and uh, by the way, last year when we had this, uh, two of the individuals that won the weapons donated them back. And if they do that this year to, to auction, I'm going to give the people that donate the weapons back a gift card to CC City Broiler for $100. 
Yeah, I love CC City Broiler, um, but if some if the bad man comes to my door, I can't throw a steak at him. Uh, so let me just ask Scott. It depends they, on who it is. You know, they may be afraid of me. <laughs> I've seen this, yeah, given be. the sizes of some of those steaks and CCs, we'll see. <laughs> could, be, could be a weapon. I don't think Scott's going to turn his back in either if he wins. All right. Uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the next hour. We're going to find out what uh, what's come in here from Graf's. Garson has brought a firearm or two to this station, and, well, hopefully Scott Van Kirk hasn't totally dismantle it before we get to it. That's next. Gary on Guns, Hot Talk, 93.9 Eagle.